You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. I am so excited that I get to speak and just talk to you guys this morning and share what I feel like God's put on my heart. Um, a little bit about me for those who, who don't know who I am. I'm Cecilia Tapa. Um, me and my husband Isaac, we lead the House of Prayer here at Paradox. Um, we are also helping lead training camp, so shameless plug, if you are interested in growing in your relationship with the Lord, learning how to be discipled by God, and learning how to share what God's doing in your life with other people, check out training camp. Yeah. Starting in September, we're really excited about it. Uh, discipleship training camp has just totally changed my life, changed Isaac's life. We've done two of them, one here and uh, one in Nepal. Um, I did live in Nepal, so if you see a Nepali man walking around, he's my husband. Um, we met there two years ago now, um, and then we moved back here last fall and got married in November, and we have a baby coming, so our family's growing. We're excited. Good things are happening, um, and that's just a little bit about who I am. Let me fix this, because I think I might trip on this if I, if I move. Okay. So um, I want to take a quick poll, show of hands. How many people in here have a hard time saying no? Saying no to other people, saying no to invitations, saying no to our spouses or family members. I know that I do. In some respects, I am a very blunt person, and sometimes I have a hard time saying no to people who are very close to me, and sometimes it's to strangers. Who knows what's going to happen? But I know that all of us do struggle with that sometimes. Um, and this morning, we are going to talk about what it means to say no to ourselves um, and to say yes to Jesus. So I have some funny stories to share with you guys. They're funny now that it's, you know, 10 years, 11 years later, not so funny at the time. But when I was a teenager, I was just growing in my relationship with God. I had just gotten introduced to church. I was just starting to go to youth group. But I was still very much living like a typical American teenager. Um, I was at the mall with my friend, and we were going there to shop for a few things before we were going to youth group. Afterwards, it was on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and I am somebody who loves an adrenaline rush. Like, I love doing exciting things. I love doing spontaneous things, sometimes risky. And so a few years prior, somebody had introduced to me how to steal things from the mall. And I was like, wow, this is so easy, and this is so fun. I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. Like, my moral conscience said, yeah, you probably shouldn't be doing that, right? That's not something that a good person does. But I still kept doing it for years, and on this Sunday, we had went, and we had bought a few things, but we also stole a few things, and I got caught. So I am 16 years old. I just got caught stealing at the mall on my way to youth group, mind you. So I have two different lives going on right now. And in that moment, I just thought, oh my gosh, I had the opportunity 
to say no to myself. Like, I had the opportunity to choose what was right and to choose the right thing to do, and I didn't do that. And I missed out on a lot. I had to go to court. I had to pay a bunch of money. I missed out on our senior year powder puff football game. And when you're a senior in high school, powder puff football game is like really big deal. You don't want to miss out on that. Um, and I just missed out on a lot of memories that I could have had uh, because I chose to say yes to something that was not for me, that I knew that the Lord didn't place in my path for me to say yes to. Um, and I think that it's so interesting. Fast forward, I'm 27 now, and I was just reflecting on my life and how far God has brought me in my journey of saying yes to him. And it has certainly been one for the books. I would love to write a book, a book someday. Um, but even speaking today, I was in discipleship group, and we, I, don't, I don't remember what scripture we were reading, but it was like, how can we apply this to our life? I was like, God, how do you want me to apply this? And he said, the next time somebody asks you to teach, I want you to say yes. And I was like, okay, somebody's probably not going to ask me to teach anytime soon, but okay, I'll do it. Week later, Dave texts me and asks if I'll teach at church. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, shoot. I just told the Lord that I would say yes. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Well, there continued to be a series of battle in, in my head of, do I really want to do this? Because everything the enemy is feeding me right now is telling me that I can't do it, that I'm not good enough. I didn't go to Bible school. I don't know how to teach. And I just had to keep going back and say, I said yes to the Lord. Like, he asked me, I gave him my yes. We had a friend's wedding that was yesterday, and we were invited to it. And in hindsight, looking back now, that was really hard. Like, I almost backed out of teaching today because I wanted to go to that wedding. And the Lord convicted me again and said, you said yes. And you will not miss out if you say yes to me. And I was like, oh okay, I have to lay it down. Like, as much as I want to be at this friend's wedding and be a part of it, I'm going to lay it down. And lo and behold, friends couldn't go anyway because of COVID. And so we didn't end up missing out. And I ended up just feeling joy and peace in my life because I was obedient to what God asked me to do. It's something as simple as teaching on a Sunday morning. And so <clears throat> this morning we're going to be going over Matthew 7, 15 through 23, and it's about... Uh, true prophets and true disciples, and don't get all crazy about the word prophet. That just means somebody who um, is gifted to share the will of God, somebody who is gifted to share what the word says about who God is. Um, and when I was preparing for this, I just felt like the Lord said, those people say yes. True prophets say yes, and true disciples say yes. So let's turn to Matthew seven fifteen through 23. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire. <clears throat> Thus by their fruit you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? 
Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. I've read this scripture a dozen times, and it still kind of makes me nervous. <laughs> like, you read that, and it really gives you a heart check. Like, am I bearing good fruit in my life? Like, does Jesus know me, or do I just know about him? Does he have my heart, or do I just read his word and go on with my day? I've been reading James, um, and I wrote in, I have a journaling Bible, and it was talking about those who read the word of God and don't apply it, basically are, it's useless. Like, great, you have all this knowledge. What are you doing with it? You're not doing anything with it. And so I just felt like I needed to ask myself, just like we all need to ask ourselves, are we, like, abiding in Jesus? Are we staying connected to him? Are we saying yes to him? And when we are, we do bear good fruit. I, Isaac and I were, just this past year, we've been asking the Lord, like, what do you have for us? We did not want to leave Nepal. We did not want to move to America and live here and, and really be a part of anything here in our hearts. That was not what we wanted to do. But when we moved back here to get married, we thought okay, we'll be here for a few months and we'll move back. And that was quickly taken away from us. Like the rug was just pulled out from right underneath our feet and we were praying, God, what are you doing? Like this was not the plan. This was not where we wanted to be. And he gave me this picture of Eve in the Garden of Eden. And when sin entered the world, it was because Eve looked at a tree where she could receive more knowledge, where she could receive more wisdom and be just as smart as God and know everything that God knows. And in entered sin, in entered guilt, shame, destruction, just all these awful things entered in at that time. And what she missed out on was looking at the tree of life that God gave for her to eat from, a tree of life that would sustain her and sustain her in Adam. And she had a choice in that moment and she chose herself. And I just remember God telling me, you're looking at the wrong tree. Don't look at the tree of knowledge. Look at the tree of life. That's where good fruit comes from. And the tree of life is Jesus. We receive and bear good fruit when we are connected to Jesus. I'm looking over here, and it's pleasing to the eye, but I'm not actually receiving anything that's going to keep me going in my life. But if I turn over here, oh my gosh, I have my eyes on Jesus. Like everything I could ever possibly need, I receive from him. And that really rocked me, and it really challenged me because I did want to know all the answers. But I also wanted to make the right decision and, and make sure our lives were proclaiming Jesus and make sure that we were doing all the right things. But outside of Jesus, I, I don't have that. I don't get to just, you know, make that come out of myself in my own strength. I don't have that in me. A yes to Jesus will always bear good fruit. Always. Mark my words, I'm willing to die on that hill. There will always be good fruit that comes out of your life when you say yes to Jesus. Whether it's for the first time, whether it's in the little moments, because the first time you say yes to Jesus, every day after that, there has to be another yes. It's not just a one yes. Yes, God, I give you my life. That's great. How about tomorrow when you wake up and Satan's like, how about we do this today when it doesn't line up with who Jesus is? And you're like, oh, that sounds enticing. I'd like to do that. No. We're looking at Jesus. We're saying, yes, I give you my yes every hour. 
A true prophet is somebody who bears good fruit. A true prophet is somebody that you can look at and go, wow, they actually like resembled the character of God. They resemble somebody who loves people. They resemble somebody who is serving, not because they have to, and not because they want a, a badge that says, look at me, I serve, but because they love Jesus. Like, I will say that a, a million times this morning because I want that to be drilled into our heads. Like, it's about him. It's never about us. So what are good fruits that can come out of our life? Let's turn to Galatians 5, 22 through 24. We're going to talk about fruits of the Spirit. But first, we're going to talk about the acts of the flesh because they're so counteractive to each other. The acts of the flesh are obvious. They're sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus just said that those who don't bear good fruit are thrown into the fire. And it says it again, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. How many times do we think, oh, I mean, going and buying this one thing isn't a big deal, even though Jesus told me to give that $20 to somebody else. It's fine. It's totally fine. No, that's selfish ambition. Those are acts of our flesh, and we all do it. I can't even stand up here and tell you that I don't, because I do. I'm human. But I want fruits of the Spirit to come out of my life, and the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I think something that's so encouraging to me is that when we say yes to Jesus for the first time, we're taking all of that junk that we once were living in and it gets nailed to the cross with him. It is crucified with him. But it only stays on the cross when we continue to say yes to him. Like we don't get to just go and pick it back up and put it back in our life and say, mm, I'll give it back to you later. Good fruit's not coming out of our life when we do that. So every day we get to come before him in repentance and say, Jesus, I say yes to you again. Please forgive me for choosing myself over you. I get really excited about this. I know maybe this is challenging for some people. I love being challenged by really difficult things because what am I doing if I'm not growing? Waste of time. And so if you feel challenged by one of these, I just pray that you would go home and that you would work this out with the Lord, that you would just fall to your knees in repentance, like, Jesus, forgive me. Like, I've had it wrong. I've been choosing the wrong thing. Help me to say yes to you every day. <clears throat> our flesh is, or our selfish desires, will try to rule us every hour of every day. Like, there will never be a time that there is not a war over our souls between spirit and flesh. That is ongoing, and when we're not connected, it's really, really hard to say no to ourselves. <clears throat> I love, we're, we're going to turn to 1 John 4, 1 through 3, um, but John is just talking about actually testing true prophets, or testing people who claim um, to just proclaim the will of God, people who are 
teachers and mentors and leaders. And there's one part of this that really stood out to me, but let's read together, starting in... I actually might have got this wrong. I didn't. Okay. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. So how do we recognize a true prophet? They acknowledge Jesus. They don't acknowledge themselves. They're not putting themselves up on stage or themselves up on a pedestal. They're giving all the glory to Jesus because it's about him. It's all about him. It always has been and it always will be about him. Anytime we claim to be the ones to take credit for something and say, oh, that was all me. I did all of that. No, you didn't. Like, you just didn't. You don't have that in you. No matter how great we think we are, it's not about us. It's not about oh my gosh, I served every Sunday at church for a whole year. Great. How's your relationship with Jesus because of it? If it's flourishing, fantastic. If it isn't, we've missed it. That might sound harsh, and I'm really sorry, but I, I have spent a lot of my life trying to make other people think that I was really following Jesus when I really wasn't. I spent many, many years doing all the right things, going to all the right events, proclaiming all the right things, reading scripture, not really understanding what I'm reading or why I'm reading it, but I could recite it back. It didn't mean anything. I knew about God. I didn't know him, though, and he certainly didn't know me. I didn't open my heart to him. It was all about me. John says in John 3.30, he must become greater, I must become less. A true prophet becomes less. They become the last so that they can raise Jesus up to the first place. So this scripture, this scripture that we're going through, uh, Matthew 7, is, is a twofold. So we have two parts to it. Um, but we're still saying yes to Jesus, whether we're Studying true prophets or studying true disciples, it's all about our yes. It's all about our heart. Um, but I want to jump to the second part of our scripture, Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. There's two important notions I feel like Jesus makes very clear. The first part is doing the will of the Father. Doing the will of God is saying yes to him consistently whether we want to or not, doing the will of God is being obedient to what he asks us to do and being obedient to the things that he doesn't ask us to do. And the second part is being known by him, letting him actually know the deepest, darkest parts of our heart. Yes, he already knows, 
But he wants you to partner with him in that. He wants you to willingly open your heart to him and be vulnerable with him and to invite him into your, into your mess. Because the only way that it'll ever get organized is if you invite him into it. He, he doesn't force our hand to ever do anything. That's the kindness of God. He'll never say, okay, now we're going to do this, and I'm going to pull you and come and do it. Never. He'll say, I'm going this way. Do you want to come with me? It's an invitation that we get to say yes or no to. And a lot of times, it can be the difference between life and death. Sometimes literally, sometimes not literally. But in our, in our spirits, it's life or death. Every time we, we say no to him, we're, we're saying no to the fruits. We're saying no to the goodness of God in our life. We're saying no to his blessings and his protection. I don't know about you, but I don't want to say no to that. <laughs> and these aren't just like a buy one, get one. If I do one, I get the other. This is, I do both of them. This is, I open my heart to God and this is I also be obedient to him. I, am, I was crying this morning as I was worshiping because I, I don't have enough time to share my whole story with you guys. But what God has done in my life because I gave a simple yes, I, I met my husband. My, my family didn't want me to move to Nepal. A lot of my friends didn't want me to move to Nepal. But I knew that this was an invitation from the Lord. A year prior to me, to me moving to Nepal to do a discipleship school, I had just gotten out of a terrible relationship, absolutely horrific. And I knew I wasn't supposed to be in that relationship, and I just got so frustrated with serving my own flesh that I said, God, whatever you want to do in my life, do it, because I'm done trying to do things my way. I'm done trying to do all the things that I want to do and saying no to all the things that you want to do in my life because I have too much fear. And it just, nobody was around. It wasn't on stage saying yes. It was me alone in my car, crying and just saying, you know what, God? I lay it down. I lay it all down, and it started with my identity. It started with who I was. I didn't know who I was. I was what everybody else wanted me to be or I thought they wanted me to be. But had I not said yes in that moment, I don't know if I would have went to Nepal. I don't know if I would have met Isaac. I don't know if I would have seen God move in the way that I saw him move in Nepal. I don't know if I would have seen miracles with my own two eyes. It wasn't enough anymore to just read it in the Bible. I wanted to see it. God, if you say that this is real, if you say that you're still moving like this, I want to be a part of that. I lived a double life for too long, and it was miserable. I would see people who were following Jesus, and I was like, I want that. I mean, I don't know who doesn't want that. They have so much joy. They may not have all the worldly things, but they have joy, and they have peace, and they really love people, and they know who they are. They're not like, you know, floating around in the water to whoever wants them to be what they want them to be. They were grounded in Jesus because they said yes to him. And I finally got the chance and the courage to do it again because Jesus never stops inviting. He never stops saying, do you want to come? Do you want to do this? Will you follow me? There is an invitation every single day. 
when I went to Nepal, there's a few pictures. If you want to pull up the pictures, if you have them. Um, oh, this is me and Isaac, but the, <laughs> the ones of the Nepalis. Yes, yeah, so we went to um, the Himalayan mountains. We trekked for three days, got to this village. Long story short, um, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. And if you've ever heard me talk about Nepal, you've heard this story before. But what I want to talk about is when I finally got over myself, when I finally got over being uncomfortable and being frustrated that it was Christmas and I was nowhere near my family and that I hadn't showered in two weeks, I finally was able to see what God saw. I was finally able to be a part of what he was doing. Can you go to the other ones? We um, took Bibles up to this unreached people group in the mountains, um, and we got to give them Bibles in their language for the very first time. And I cried probably daily, and I still do, because these people have never heard about Jesus. They may never have had that invitation to say yes to him. And when you see these people, there was audio Bibles and actual Bibles, and when you see them reading these Bibles or listening, it's like their eyes light up, like they, they feel hope for the first time. And I remember that, and I still feel that. Every time I say yes to him, I have hope again. And so the, these memories have just shaped where I'm going in my life, what I'm doing in my life, what I keep my focus on. And it's taught me what it means to be a true disciple to him, what it means to actually be known by him. Because there was a lot of no's to my flesh that I had to give to get to this place. <laughs> Dirty with these people. That woman in the back gave her life to Jesus that day, and that's her little boy that we were praying for. And like I said, I, I, I only have a few minutes left. I could go on forever about it. But at the end of the day, I a yes to the Lord has radically changed who I am. It's radically changed the direction of my life. It's radically changed how I even perceive things, how I approach relationships with people, how I approach my job, because it's not about me anymore. And there are days where I think it's about me. I'm very quickly reminded that it's not. And so we're going to sing a song, <clears throat> and it's called Yes, Lord by Antioch Music, and there's lyrics in there, and this is what it says. It says, on that day when I go home and see my Jesus seated on his throne, I'll find a crown upon my head, a thousand jewels for every yes I've said, and I'll offer it right back to him. I might cry, but your yes to Jesus will change your life. I'm 27 years old. I don't have life figured out. What I do have figured out is that every time I do say yes to him, I'm happier. Every time I say yes to him, there's more blessings in my life. They're not earthly blessings. Isaac and I don't have everything in the world. But what we do have is Jesus. I don't need to be afraid anymore. I don't have to worry about where I'm going, what I'm doing with my life. I just stay connected to him. And so I just pray this morning that if you've never said yes to him, if there's a part of you that you know God's highlighting, that you need to offer back to him and say yes again, that this would be the morning that you do it. That this would be the day that you put a stake in the ground and say, I'm no longer serving myself, but I love you, Jesus. 
I want to serve you. So I just invite you this morning. There'll be, I think there's people to pray with. And even if it's not something that you want to do with someone else, I just pray that in your hearts you would have that conversation and that you would allow him in. Um, if you ever want to hear more fun stories, you can find me after service and I would love to talk to you. Um, but thank you guys. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.